With one of the most iconic names in the karting industry leading the team, Chavis Racing Products is the premier karting and body seat manufacturer in the country. Whether you're looking for a cart body, seat, or fairing, our friends at Chavis Racing Products will have you looking and feeling best behind the wheel. With over 15 years of experience in the karting industry, Chavis Racing Products delivers time and time again with their quality and customer service. With three different bodies to choose from, seat sizes ranging from Rookie to 2XL, and their newest carbon fiber options, they are always thinking of new and innovative ways to improve comfort and performance for racers. To find out more, go check them out online on Facebook and their website, ShavisRacingProducts.net, or give the shop a call at 706-840-1886. When you reach out, be sure to let them know that the guys at Vortex and Fuel sent you. Three, two, one. Best advice I can give you, start drinking heavily. You're listening to the Four Takes and Fuel podcast with Alex, Ethan, Chance, and Colton. Welcome back to another episode of Four Takes and Fuel, guys. My name's Alex. Ethan. And Chance. And tonight, we have Shay Chavis coming to sit with us. Uh, we're really excited. Such an icon in our sport is uh, one some of the biggest races and that that karting has ever offered, and and still you know at the top of the game fighting for these big races. Uh, and we're really excited to sit down with him. But before we get into it, here are some of our sponsors. This podcast was created by four guys that met at a local dirt track and created a lifelong friendship between the four of them. Located in Sterlington, Louisiana, Mojave is a dirt oval that offers kart racing for all ages. Age groups start at 5 and go up from there. If you're looking to get into dirt oval kart racing, you can find them on Facebook at Mojave Karting Complex. Definitely a family environment that will build memories for a lifetime, and you never know who you can meet and the friendships you can build. And We're proof of it. Yeah, we're proof. And uh, just go check them out on Facebook, and we hope you guys enjoy. Are you looking for a high-quality, more affordable clothing brand for you and your race team? Look no further than Sublimited. That's S-U-B-L-M-T-D as they offer crew shirts, hoodies, racing jackets, leather and fabric, full body racing suits, and much more. Fully customizable kart suits start at $4.99, as well as fully customizable SFI 5 racing suits start at only $9.99. For more information, contact Laura Pender at 601-934-4073, where you can find them online at sublimitedapparel.com or on Facebook. When you reach out, be sure to let them know that we at Ford Takes and Fuel sent you. So guys, it is finally race week, the indoor that we have been talking about for so long. Um, the first annual indoor fall classic in West Monroe at the Ike Hamilton Center. It is uh it's race week, guys. So <clears throat> if you haven't found out about it, you still time, still can do it. Pre-registration closed Sunday, but parking's still open. Uh it's gonna be a great race. Make sure you go check it out at Mojave's Facebook page. And uh, after that, it's going to be Batesville preparation. So we, we're still working on our plans. If you listen to last week's episode, uh, we kind of released the, kind of what we were going to do with it. But uh, we still have some things coming in to the plans. So I know uh, I know Ethan's coming to make the trip up. He's kind of trying to figure it out right now. And, and yeah, we're kind of trying to make it all come together. Yeah, it's either going to be a miserable two days in the airport or it's just going to be a miserable 12-hour drive. he's trying trying to figure out which one's worth it well because like my thing is is i can make the drive no problem and just work from home 
the Monday after because I'll be a fucking I'll be dead um, for making the drive and of course the weekend. Um, or I can spend like five hundred bucks on a plane ticket and end up leaving out of Memphis at pretty much like I think six o'clock in the morning on Sunday. So I might as well not even go to go to sleep. Yeah, and if we're partying on Saturday night, it's uh right. I mean, it's not yeah. gonna be any good. So it's one of those. So figure it out. It's gonna suck either way. And we're gonna write a email from the podcast trying to convince Chance's uh job that he needs off on Good Friday. So I'm gonna. There's about a ten percent chance. On Good Friday. Be, oh, not good. I'm Black sorry. Friday. <laughs> Black Friday. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna talk to my boss Wednesday, but. There's, I have no expectations of him saying yes because there's so many people off and I'm the relief. So I have to take over for these people when they're off, you know? Yeah. So not only do you have to go in, but you have to deal with Black Friday traffic. Mm-hmm. God All bless day. you. God love you. And God save you. Yeah. That's just the, I'm going to see. I'm going to talk to him. He's new. It's literally his second week. I got a new boss. Tell him, hey, ball. Let me get yeah. off. Let me get that off day. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I ha- I have one day I have to use, and I just don't know. And that's the only day I want to use it for. You know? Perfect. He can't tell you no. Yeah. But but if that's the thing is, I just started. The, that's I the just, worst part. I just he started can. this position. I have no. Whenever whenever I planned my days, I wasn't in this position. You know, I I didn't have to worry about that. Yeah. Hey, chance. Just make. You know, I know I know it might be difficult, but. Just go out and make five days worth of work fit into three. Oh, dude. No, I have to. No, that's not how it works. I wish I wish I could do that, but that's not how that works. I, I mean, you, you say that, but I mean, there's 24 hours in a day. You might shock yourself. You might Which, shock I mean, yourself. You mean like, you know, like ask Alex last week. We got done recording the podcast. Even and, even uh, if I would finish my route, they would still find somewhere to put me. <laughs> Got to get the forty though. Got to get yeah. the forty. Yeah, you have to. I have to work. It don't matter anyway. if you get forty. I have to work nine to ten hours a day. It don't make a fuck to. if you make if you hit forty after two days or after three. It don't make a damn. Chance you can sleep on the drive. I gotta drive. Or you can ride with Austin. <laughs> you can ride with Austin. Now I would oh. take my new truck on a, on its first uh, little road trip, little voyage. Yeah, a little voyage in a little truck. Mm-hmm. So also, be making twenty six miles per gallon in that little yeah, truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how I make twenty six miles per gallon in my truck by blowing it up. It. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, Battle Creek Speedway also just released their schedule and stuff like that. I've seen videos of them, you know, tearing the wall out. They're going to be expanding the racetrack. Which, if you're wondering what that is, go check them out on Facebook at Battle Creek. It is the former TC slash Little Dega um down there in turkey creek uh so david and logan have some really good stuff coming for it they're already working on it we're getting ready their first race can be january 27th the dusty prudent memorial race um that i'll probably be at that yeah we've always we've always ran every time it's been a thing so excited to see that but yeah first time at a different track ever yeah that's yeah it is well no that was tanner's race that would always go on at a Wilkerson. Okay, well, yeah. it didn't always. Well, did it? Well, it, it it was at Acadiana, and then it went to Wilkerson. Yeah, yeah. But, but some, some good things coming. 
Yeah. yeah, I actually have the Dusty Prudhomme Memorial check right there. Yeah. Check him out. Where's that where's that Cajun check, Well, It's above the door with the helmets. Yeah. Above the door on this side. Boom. Hell yeah. I, I suck at direction. I can never I can never be a weatherman. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, fellas, it's uh Batesville's gonna suck one way or another. Yeah, Either yeah I gotta somebody's got to come home with some slot machines to make it worth it, you know. Ain't gonna be me. Hey, if you win two of them, I'm taking one of the. I'm taking one of them back to, back over here. I don't know where you fell on it, um, but you need to go back and fall on your head again because that is not happening. Well, I mean, I'll see you like a month later. Yeah, it'll be a month. Yeah. Oh yeah, but yeah, man, big big things coming for Batesville. I'm pretty excited. You know, we got that live podcast, we got that episode, and then a live podcast, and then uh, talks hey, of Alex, walk around you... mics and stuff. And Alex, you, you win. We I'm got some joking. Yeah, got some mics. Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice word. Yeah. So yeah, but yeah, uh... Batesville's Batesville's gonna be fun. It's creeping up, man. It's that time again. It's uh, it's exciting. It's one of my favorite times of the year. Except for um, being so damn cold. And raining, you know, yeah. Batesville comes with rain every year. I can't forget so, the rain. So, but, uh, you know, we're just going to go ahead and uh, get into this episode, guys. We're really excited to have Shay on, and uh, we're happy to bring this episode to you. Without further ado, guys, here's Mr. Shay Chavis. So I guess before we get the episode truly started, um, we, us five, can't thank you enough uh, for what you did and, you know, coming on as a sponsor of the podcast. Uh, we can't tell you how much it means to us. And we hope that, you know, us partnering together brings great things, not only for us, but for you guys as well. Yeah, man. Thank you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I enjoy it. Like I said, uh, I've been asked to do a bunch of, uh, I guess, kind of interviews or talks i guess like this podcast before and i kind of wanted to but i like uh where i'm where we're at right now and you guys have a good thing going and i, I listened to you guys shows uh carson and colin them play it over the speaker at, in the shop while we work and i listened to bits and pieces of it and uh, i've liked what i've heard so that was uh it interested me yeah man thank you we we really appreciate it. it uh it's it's really cool it's uh because you know you know, most of us have ran y'all bodies for the longest time. If you guys come sponsor us, it just it just means really a lot. Hell, I just mounted one. Yeah, yeah, we just mounted <laughs> one. We mounted one before the podcast. So. Oh man, but I I, uh, I thought it was funny. I saw on Doug's uh, Snapchat today that he uh, he said it, checks. He, he said it's bullshit that he has to hang his checks and he claims any ones that don't have any <laughs> names on them. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I told him. Hey, I said hey. If if we weren't hanging these, I mean, we wouldn't be hanging none. So at least we're hanging. <laughs> <Right. none. laughs> it was sitting long enough. Like, so. Definitely, definitely. All right, so I guess to start this off, you know, let's go back. What was it? Two weeks? I think two weeks now. Um, a little bird relayed the message to us that you were going to come on the podcast and spill everything. So we uh, we are we in for some not ever heard before stories or what 
Uh, no, nothing like that. I might spill my, <laughs> my beer, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I, hopefully nothing gets spilled. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's get into it, man. How, when, and who got you into racing? Uh, I guess like uh, my dad raced uh, like stock dirt cars, and there's always uh, pictures and stuff like that. Uh, I guess I'd actually say uh, my cousin Wendell and his dad had a dirt car with a, a man named Andy Stewart, uh, and they had go-karts when I was like, I guess real young. And that's the first go-karts and race cars I've seen. And I guess my dad was always interested and he had a car back in the day. And, uh, when he saw that I was interested, he got one and, uh, just went from there. Yeah. How'd you, how'd y'all find go-karts? Like it was just, uh, well, my dad, my dad raced go-karts as, but, uh, never had anything or anything I saw. Uh, it was all before, you know, I was born. Um, I guess just him growing up racing, racing cars, racing cars. And then, like I said, I was around a little bit of dirt cars uh, when I was young, right before we started go-karts. And then all from there, just we got a cart and started racing. Yeah, it kind of just spiraled out, you know. Do you it's, remember your uh, first chassis? What it was? Uh, yeah, 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 I do. It was uh, bought from like a, like a I Wanna page or like a uh, – like, I went to someone's garage. It was a full setup cart ready to go. I think he bought it, went to fire it up, and then puffed uh, water out of the exhaust. So, <laughs> but, uh, water kind of running, and we made some laps. <laughs> uh, this, I guess, it was it's what we, it's got me started. So, yeah, you just got to get your foot, you know, feet wet, and then it kind of went from there. But uh, where where did y'all race a lot? Being in Georgia, um, so. I started racing. Like, our first race was at a, play, a place in Wrens. Mm-hmm. Uh, they used to have, I guess, the Nationals back in there. It was like a little road course pavement track, and there was like a dirt track right behind it. That's where I made my first laps at. Uh, but mostly a, a track called Burke County is what I know it of. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was like renamed one time to East Georgia, East Georgia Speedway or something like that. Yeah. It's, yeah. I'm, 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 and then from there, we kind of hooked up with kind of DePascal and ventured off into maybe some uh, like Cochrane, uh, Pandora, uh, Valdosta, uh, Vidalia. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of tracks besides Carnesville, uh, Dogwood. Other than that, I don't really know any other tracks in Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that's how I first knew who you were was the D, the D days. Because um, uh, I'm sure you, you remember Cameron Campbell. That's my brother-in-law. So he would talk about his early Carter career and you you and him racing with D. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. So, you know, uh, I guess D. Pascal came to my local track, Burnt County, one time. Uh, this was, I think I just started somewhere around the age of six or seven. I wasn't even eight yet. Couldn't race legally at WK. Yeah. Uh, he came down and, like, won every class. And it was uh, really good. And from there, I think uh, my dad contacted him about an engine, and then they talked. And I guess just found out it was a little more than just the engine part of it. And we hooked up, and that's when we started racing around, you know, uh, Georgia and all. And then I went to Daytona at the stadium first time in '99, and I won. That was with DePasquale. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think I think some people, you know, D was D was amazing. Like he because he come down to Mississippi, he just he just run all over over <clears throat> he'd run all over everybody over there. Man, just kind of anywhere he went, he came to Louisiana, won everything uh, for the IKF Nationals. It was he was just man, he was he was really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was uh he was a dog. What's that? He was a dog back in the day. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh definitely stood out when he came up to that one time. That's all it took because you know there's a lot of guys local think they have it. You know they're a little step above you know people. And uh, he came in and he he shined and uh, my dad got a contact and uh, he took us in and kind of showed us the ropes and got us going for sure. Yeah, that's cool. That's pretty cool. So once you got your career going. Um, over time, what would you consider was your biggest learning curve or what was your biggest learning curve before you really broke through and started having success that you started having? Uh, I don't know. I think the hardest thing was, uh, that's just, it's like so hard of a question for me. I guess it, <laughs> like when I started racing with Matt, the hardest thing for me was to learn, uh, kind of how to win versus just always not always just be the fastest and go fast as you can just being in circumstances and the situational things and stuff it takes to know how to like pull a win off when you're racing for so close with the same people week in and week out and you almost know what each other are going to do in each situation and uh that's probably the hardest thing for me i, I guess would be the hardest that was that was hardest because to me when we first started because I've been with him a lot and when I, I remember the very first time it was it was real hard because I just like to go as fast as I could and yeah. matter, you know it's hard to always have a cart that's just wide open right and drive wherever you want with it yeah yeah that happens a lot down here because you know it's we're not the uh, you know we're not trying to not getting we're not doing the strategy thing it's just like go as fast as you can get try and get the biggest lead you can like just just go 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 don't save nothing it's not a strategy game uh but with y'all kind of racing that is a huge element to the game yeah yeah it is and then you know it's uh there's, there's a lot that goes into it. and it's all learning it's no you know a lot of people like think you can like tell someone how to do it or what it's like but it's kind of like something you just gotta you gotta be in that situation enough and learn learn it yourself almost yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can tell you how to baseball, but you got to be able to go out there and learn how to do it, you know? Oh yeah. Absolutely, man. And, uh, just, just one little quick question here about speaking of racing and growing up and stuff like that. What's the significance behind the number of 86? Uh, that was just my dad's number. Yeah. Uh, that was what I grew up knowing I wanted to be, uh, so it just that's his number. I don't really know. Uh, actually, I think that was the year he got the car in 1986. Really? So he just number 86. I, I think I'm not sure. So we're we're kind of working on a third generation number right here with yeah. Little Sawyer. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. That's cool. You know, for, uh, when I was born, he didn't have car race cars or anything. That was a. Uh, a little bit younger when he was a little younger. Yeah. Uh, so I never was like around his cars. All I got to see was the pictures and, mm -hmm. you know, reason the, what they talked about. Yeah. And so 
you kind of started this trend a little i mean i don't know i mean at least i remember it uh the the baby blue body i mean i know uh it's kind of it's kind of iconic for you uh when when did that come around like what was that just kind of like hey let's try it and it stuck or is that just something you like you always kind of had that baby blue and pink kind of deal kind of more the brighter colors um so my dad always liked green so his car was green green 86 and when i was younger i loved it like i was like green 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 and i guess once i got like realized and have my own opinion and look at stuff (laughs) green don't really look like too good on a race car and uh (laughs) not that i don't think baby blue but i don't know uh it was just a idea that i had and i wanted to put together and i did and i liked it and uh i guess it's like it's around the same time and uh when i was just kind of moving from you know junior three adults and i you know won those races and uh, I thought it looked good. It's what I wanted. So it was just something I went and I guess it stuck. I liked it. People like it. So some people do. Matt, yeah, always, Matt always gives me hell about both of them. The, uh, <laughs> the green body and the baby blue. <laughs> yeah, you- I, I, oh, go sorry. Ahead. No, go ahead, Jess. You good? Uh, I remember back in Tunica when you came with D, I believe, and I think you were riding the Tempest back then. Mm-hmm. You, you had a lot of green and black. Uh, like, yeah. I think your helmet was green. Like, I remember those days, and y- y'all were y'all were super fast that weekend. I remember watching one video on YouTube recently, and you had sat pole and stock light out of like 130 go karts. It was it was on the Tempest. It was that same weekend. But uh, <laughs> I remember y'all did it. So the green one you're talking about is the throwback you did for the Big O a couple years ago. It's uh, green so, with white numbers. Yeah, so that that throwback was like what my dad's race car looked like back in you know the 90s 80s late 80s early 90s i guess mm-hmm. when, uh you know street stock it was uh that more of like a almost like a john deere green yeah it was like with the bubbly numbers yeah, yeah and then when so i got a car he stuck with the green but kind of had the fluorescent orange in it already he changed it up a bunch of times but i always had the green and stuck with the green <laughs> and then you had to go be your own self and start your own little trend yeah, I just I really wasn't a green fan. Oh, I just mm. I don't like, the, but I like I like the bright colors, but not the green. Yeah, yeah. So if we back it up a little bit, we talked about briefly your time with D. Um, how old were you with D, real quick? Like your your period of time with him? So it was uh right as I turned eight years old. Well, before okay. eight. So I guess I was racing like more local events where I was seven. I didn't really check birth certificates. At, as yeah. soon as I eight, I turned eight in uh, November '99, and that's okay. when we went to the stadium, and I uh, I won. So I guess uh, there all the way up through uh, uh, sometime around like, well, I had I raced uh, Ultra Max a little bit around junior one and two, but not for like a brief time. But I think we still you know raced with D for the engines and stuff like that, and so I raced with D all the way up through. Up around right around the stock, uh, junior three to stock days. Okay, okay, so it was a good period of time, and uh, he was kind of getting out of carding. So, okay, so what was that? What was that like racing with D? Uh, I feel like it was a real big uh role model, is in I always saw him going out and winning a lot of races. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was just like more determined to win because I wanted to do what he was doing, and I expected to kind of do what he was doing because that's who i was racing with yeah great greatness breeds greatness i guess well did he was he like a big inspiration like did he 
teach you a lot about what you once you branch out into your own thing? What, did you take some of the things you learned from him? Yeah, he taught me a lot. Uh, uh, I mean, at one time when I started my own prep and stuff and all that, I, I actually had, had gotten that from him, you know, uh, bought down. Uh, so he taught me a lot on that. And then, you know, there was times when I was you know, young, just starting out, we go out open practice where they get on the, he'd get on the track with me and push me around the track, see how fast I could go, how good I could hold it. And I don't remember too much of like me and him talking. He didn't do so much of that. But he would talk with my dad, and my dad would kind of talk to me about what he said. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, he didn't do too much talking and teaching as far as driving. Uh, he would tell my dad what he thought of me, and it was always good, and it was good to hear. Uh, but I guess mainly just I saw him going out and winning and how how hard he worked. He worked real hard, you know, at the track, at home. Uh, I saw how much he put into it. Absolutely. He was He was a very quiet man. He didn't have a lot to say. Those are the most dangerous kind. <laughs> Absolutely. So Shay, you know, we you, you talked about riding for Ultra Max for a little bit um, when, during your junior days, but when did you switch to Charger? What made you switch? And have you been riding Charger ever since you made that switch, or did you ever switch back to something else for a sh- any duration of time? I know of at least two switches, but. Uh, hold on, I gotta, I gotta get this. Um, uh, D was always uh, we actually raced like Burrell. You have a Burrell chassis? Yeah, I was like, yeah, we raced that a little bit at one point in time. I don't know when that was. <laughs> it was kind of funny. Uh, but uh, mostly a Phantom guy. So we ran Phantom, and then like I said, we raced Ultra Max for a brief time, and then Phantom up until Boomer contacted. I don't even know how this happened because I was, I mean, I was probably 15 or 16, something like that. So, uh, seven, uh, 16. I mean, Boomer contacted my dad and we were running Phantom and he said, I got a cart. I want you to try it. We took it and tried it and done fairly good with it, you know, just as good. And he took me racing uh, Liberty a couple times and showed us how good it was. And he helped us out and got going. And other from there, uh, you know, I rode Charger. I think that was two thousand eight. Yeah, yeah, Charger. Yeah, it was the, it was the Magnum, right? Yeah, yeah, was, yeah. Two thousand eight, two thousand nine, somewhere in there is when I started running Charger. Um, ran it up until you know I went to uh, California. Uh, went to California with my wife that brief time. Uh, came back, rode Charger, and I rode Millennium, and I rode Phantom. Then I went back to Charger and ever Charger ever since. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Well, when, I remember you. Were, went, you went you know, most here oh, is all with Charger. Uh, we rode a Phantom deal right there. We was doing some glass work with Phantom. Uh, other than that, uh, I spent Charger the whole time. Besides those, uh, I guess two or three years. Couple brief, couple brief years. Yeah, I know it wasn't long. I remember. <laughs> Remember y'all were with with uh, with Millennium and then uh, for Phantom for a little bit, but it was it's been mostly Charger for as long as I know. Yeah, yeah, I feel like you are one of the sole reasons Charger really kind of took off. Definitely down here because you would come to Batesville and just no one no one could do anything against you, man. I finished fifth in the Open one year in UAS or whatever, and you lapped me like. I was standing still, man, and I was just like, "What the fuck?" 
<laughs> yeah. Dude, I remember those days because uh, I, I ran a lot of that UAS stuff, uh, Donnie Wheeler and stuff. But, you know, back in those days, I feel like I was superiorly fast. I was, it was really hooked up back yeah. in the day then. I remember it was the, the black go-kart with the number one on it. That's all I remember. I don't, I don't remember the motor or anything. I just remember the black number one just going super fast. <laughs> oh, Donnie Wheeler, uh, Kermit Buller. Uh, put all that ride together. They've had it for a while, actually. It's funny. Um, back in those stadium days with uh, D. Pascal, he used to drive for a Wheeler, and yeah. my dad, dad was said he, he told me these stories. He would tell Wheeler, and then that I was going to drive that thing one day, and he was like, "Man, you're crazy. You don't know that." <laughs> I think I started driving when I was like 14 or 15. His first times I started racing for him. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember it vividly. So, uh, what do you enjoy the most about having a close relationship with Boomer and uh, racing his chassis? Um, pretty much, you know, at first, you know, it was all going racing and we bonded really well. But, you know, ever since it's like, you know, he trusts me that I'm doing my best and he puts his trust in me. I got my trust in him. Uh, he's always been dedicated to me and, you know, giving me everything I needed. Um, just the trust, like it's very, very easy. Uh, very easy to work with Boomer. You know, he puts everything he has into me. I give it back to him. Uh, we built everything here together. Um, and it's, it feels like family. You know, it's very mm -hmm. how much time you spend with people that you meet through racing, and they just over time become family. That's probably probably one of my favorite things about the sport is you know you can meet somebody when you're twenty, twenty two years old and you just become best friends, family with them, you know, inviting them to kids, birthday parties and all that stuff. Just, just having a good time with them. Oh yeah. Especially like the memories and stuff. Like you'll never forget, you know, things you did, you know, it's just making history. Things you never forget is you cherish. Stay with you forever. Definitely. So, okay. So I have always wondered this and I'm pretty sure I kind of know that where it stems from, but you know, you've kind of like an iconic nickname is Dirty Money. Where where did that come from? Man, maybe Phil Combs. I don't I mean really I don't, he's he's good at giving nicknames. I don't know who's the first person that said it or you know got it, but I guess after all won the three biggest, you know, money races in history back to back, uh it was said or passed along and stuck and I don't know who's responsible for it, to be honest. Um, but it just came from that. You know, it's kind of not very likely that one person would win all those races uh, yeah. in a short amount of time. So, yeah, definitely. I, uh, I mean, because it's been on he your helmets, it's been on your jackets, it's been on the go karts ever since. So it's it's kind of just the something hoodies. that came, yeah, came along and just stuck, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I would say, I mean, yeah, I don't know where it came from. <laughs> so you you kind of talked about those races, but I want to, uh, you know, before our next question, I just kind of want to get into them really quick. You know, you won the Insane one, then you won Batesville 20,000, and then you won – it was the Jasper Inbox 25,000, right? Like they call it the Inbox or something like that. I don't remember. Uh, Inox? Inox, yeah, Inox. something like that, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so essentially almost $100,000 in three races. I just kind of wanted to talk about that for a little bit. Yeah, it was uh man, that first one especially was just nuts. Uh I don't know, I'd been doing good trending like I was young and 
I wasn't like inspired to be, you know, I wanted to be where I was at. And it was like that moment and was on the pole and was running good and just fast and won other races. And I just remember the moment before I put the tires on, just how, uh, I don't know. It was, it was like the moment I won that race. And then, you know, that was Max's. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, that I guess when we went to the 50,000 where I haven't really ran many bursts except for like when I first started racing, I think like the, probably the cart, my dad bought had bursts on it. <laughs> uh, maybe, uh, and I really had no idea really what I was doing. I had an idea from talking to people and what they did. So we just went with it. We went out there and we was slow in every other class, like didn't have a really chance in nothing. Uh, finally hit something like one set of tires. Uh, they were fast, qualified good. I think we sat out of like three or four races just so we didn't crash. And we knew he was let us practice on those tires and we could keep going out and knew we had speed and, uh, I don't know. There was a lot of fuel things that went on that race, but we ended up winning and, you know, won that one. And then there was only one week between there and that Alnox race. And that was a hundred lap race. And I remember starting, I think I started 11th and I worked my way all the way up to the lead, I guess before halfway. And then Boomer sitting there, decisions at halfway. If we could prep the tires, you know, what to prep with, how many prep. And we just look, I said, do it. We're going to do it. And then we went for it and, uh, won that. And, uh, and it's kind of crazy now sitting back thinking about it, you know, I don't know. Was, I guess when I was that young, it didn't, really didn't. You, you weren't thinking about what you just did. You're just like, I just want all this money is crazy. You know, just not really thinking about the the accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was just more happy that I won the race and all the people that I beat and everyone that was wanting to try and win uh, that race and like meant more than, more than the prize, like in, in value, like in thought, you know, yeah. to my, it was a lot of money, but that was like very prestigious. Everybody that race cars that thought they was good, or anybody, anybody that ran, there was like 130 entries, I think, for that on our race. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, that's that's more than anything I've heard of since like the days when I first went to the stadium when they had 200 plus. But yeah, 130 guys racing out there is that's a tough field to even make the race, much less you know win it. Yeah, I remember we were uh, we were kids for base folks. What the twentieth anniversary was two thousand ten, right? Two thousand ten or two thousand eleven? Yeah, somewhere around there. Somewhere I think ten because I, I think ninety was the first year. Yeah, and we were all sitting. We're like, oh man, who wants to be leading this race at the end? Like, you know, you're gonna get dumped. Like, and it's a it's twenty thousand to a thousand different separates. You just like. Oh no, who's what's gonna happen? And we just watched you literally dominate the whole thing. It was a green to checkered race, and I think you ended up with over a straightaway lead. And it was it was, just, it was just the coolest thing to see. It was it was pretty awesome. I had the frisbee for that race. So. Yeah, <laughs> Wait, you had his frisbee. <laughs> I had his frisbee. Oh my! <laughs> so that was that was pretty cool. That's one thing that I'll never forget. Like that race, watching it was super cool because that was the first time I've ever seen a Batesville race for that big amount of money go green to checkered. And then I had the Frisbee, too, so then I got some goodies from it. So I was like, dude, this is awesome. <laughs> like, I was just like eight, seven, seven, eight years oh, old. Yeah. Dude, I was so glad it went green to checker, too. I remember before we put those tires on, it was the same ones I qualified. And I was just didn't know if it was going to it was gonna make it. I mean, it was tight, but it was fast. It yeah. was all – it was definitely I mean, the race, <clears throat> that race where it was. Uh, I don't think it could be any better. 
Definitely. Matter of fact, not only did I have the frisbee for that one, I had literally almost every single one of his frisbee for his race. <laughs> yeah. And I remember That's just like going sit in the stands and I had a stack. And like Every time I just, all right, well, I'm going to go walk to the trailer. Just get my goodies. All right, I'm going to go back. And that's where the white leather jacket came from, huh? Correct? The one they used to run? I think that's, yeah. Yeah, I think I think that got put, yeah. I believe yeah. so. I haven't seen that jacket in years, so I don't I forget what was put on there, but I believe that's it. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I guess we talked about the insane we the insane one we talked about, Inox, and, you know, we've kind of transitioned to the Batesville one. And I guess the question that I came up with that everybody, you know, all of us kind of have our rumblings about, um, is it true that the 20,000 to win Batesville cart was a quote unquote special edition chassis? Uh, not, not that I know of. I mean, you might <laughs> Charger. I mean, I, I now that I know of, yeah, it's uh, hanging up in the shop, huh? Hanging in my shop in the rafters now. So, yeah. uh, nothing special about it that I know of. They had carbon fiber floor pan, I think. <laughs> <laughs> That's worth two tenths. That's worth two tenths. <laughs> thing about those uh, races. So after I won the twenty grand at Baseville, I spun out uh, in the infield. Yeah. I remember that? Yeah. When I went my cart off to push it back to the scales the rear sprocket fell off oh. damn <laughs> yeah Holy shit. Damn. damn could you imagine if a car like you said good thing it went caution free good lord yeah. sure uh, i forgot about that when i was talking about that uh, yeah. but uh so the weekend after the onox race I uh, went out for practice, and the aluminum nut that holds the throttle cable on the the throttle of sh- the throttle shaft, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, the nut, so that came loose in the practice the following week. That I won an Onyx race. Damn! <laughs> Golly, you almost didn't win all these races. Good yeah. lord, man! Yeah, those small things, especially those. This thing is so aggravating sometimes. Yeah, it might cost you twenty five or twenty thousand dollars or both. Maybe I don't. <laughs> it definitely costs a good time. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, we we know you race for Connell right now, and we know you kind of race for him for a little bit. Got off, came back, but uh, when did you first start, and how that conversation kind of come about? Um. So the first time I raced with him. Was- I guess I'd say with him uh, was still racing, you know, for uh, Boomer and Charger. But Mark Bowers, Mark Bowers uh, paid for me the tire deal and set us all up. And I guess that was 2012, 20, okay. 2012, 2011. Is that when he was still running Red Bodies? Who's that? Uh, Matt, I remember he used to run the Red Bodies. No, this I was still running like the baby blue eighty six. Oh, uh, so you and your own go kart? You had brought his go kart to him. You had brought your go kart to him. Yeah, I would oh, just no. bring the track, and he had the tires. Gotcha, gotcha. Kind of the same deal I had uh, in two twenty. Was it 21? That's when I was. He was still, uh, you know, uh, doing all the tire work and everything. I was just bringing the cart to the track and taking the cart mm-hmm. to my shop. Mm-hmm. Um. Like I said, I guess Mark Bowers had a deal and uh, 
put it on there. Um, then I raced for myself for a while. And uh, so I guess I said the first time, I'll never forget, he uh, he called me. And he said, I want you to, to drive. And like he gave me the deal and how it was going to work and what we we're going to do. And, you know, I was all game for it. I was like, yes, yeah, the best offer. This is what I wanted for my whole life. This is perfect. Um, but before I was born, I, I said, you know, there's a lot of people out here you could pick and even ask, why did you, you know, pick me? Why did you ask me first? And he said, you're the person I hate to race against the most. <laughs> <laughs> That's a damn good reason. Yeah, and then ever since then, you know, that answer just, like, solidified it with me that we were in both, you know, each other's best interests, you know. Um, and then I forget what the question was. <laughs> now, just when you started riding with him. What's that? I said when you just started riding with him and uh, that just the like conversation. Kind of, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then – you know, from then it just it went on to I don't know. I feel like we're kind of like the opposite, but we both had the same goal and kind of think the same way or work the same way to achieve it. Even though we're kind of opposites, when you know, in a way, really, <laughs> what you mean opposites? Opposites attract, man. Yeah, uh, he's really on top of what he does. He takes notes. Uh, I mean, I'm just, I've never taken notes. <laughs> uh, but, you know, when you put them together, I guess, and you both, you know, can do, you know, help each other. Yeah, so I, I mean, I mean, better. yeah, pretty much Matt is one of the best minds in our sport, you know, and then you. I would put you up there as well because I mean you've you've done so much you know and you put those two together it's almost unbeatable you know it should work together it's kind of like a super team in a way yeah yeah definitely for sure like I said um, definitely it opens up me to like kind of just be a driver and focus on driving and relaying what I feel you know, to him and, you know, he drove it one time and what the hardest thing is, if you ever did tires and setups and drove, if you go from not driving and try to just do it from not sitting in the seat is one of the hardest things to do. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, he's very good. He, he almost, you know, don't always have to have someone sit in the seat to make the right choices and calls, but to perfect it and make it, you know, what it is now and how good and consistent and always dominant and up front and the little things that I say to relay to him and help out, you know, he has a good visual and a good feeling of what I'm talking about. And I know what he's talking about and it, it just works real good for the whole, the whole team and anyone that runs with us. Yeah. I think that's very important being able to, you know, relaying information is, is good, you know, good, but properly relaying it, you know, getting the right information, not saying it's loose, you know, here, there, you know, just kind of what, like, not like telling what to do, but like just giving like prop, like pretty specific information. You know? Yeah. So it was hardest for me is like when I was, you know, doing tires, worry about the setup and driving, I got all these thoughts and stuff and everything going through my head. It's hard for me to focus in on, really what happened because I was prepping the tire, worry about the setup and then what driving will happen and versus if I can just 
you know, you can get real better in situational, you know, racing when, you know, if you think it's better to take the lead early, you know, better to ride behind for a minute or, you know, just certain things, I guess you can get better at if you lessen your task, you, you know, and, yeah, watch it, watching the person in front of you's entry if they're getting a little bit more speed out of the corner, maybe try a different a little bit. You know, worrying more about driving because you know you're working your ass off trying to make sure the go kart set up right. Then, you, like you said, the tires, and then you get in the go kart, you're like, oh, okay, now I got to do this, and it's just it's so much running through your head. It's like, oh damn. Yeah, a real real thrash to be running like crazy. It's, I, I uh, kind I kind of have a question about your situational like situations you'll be in like say you're at a very draft heavy track and you're sitting second are you are in the back of your mind are you thinking about i can i can easily pass the leader but i can also get passed by third place like how do you make that decision because because you have to if you know someone's in third right behind you you know you 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 don't want them to pass you because then that can mess up your run you know how do you make that decision um Really, uh, you know, you try to stay there as long as you can. But if you feel you're getting pressured, you know, if you feel you're getting pressured, you know, two times, you might as well go ahead and try to pass because if not, you're going to get passed and you're going to fall further back. So if you're getting pressured and you're towards the end, no matter what, and you think you're going to get passed and you're vulnerable, you got to go to the lead because most likely when the leader gets passed by you, they're going to try to – you're going to give yourself at least a lap or two to at least maintain the lead without any pressure. And then you just – ready for it from then on out and try to win the race from the lead not from second yeah gotcha yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a little mind game kind of we don't have many draft heavy tracks around here so we don't have much experience on it the only thing we have is like car tracks here and there it'll put on a big race and that's about the most drafting we'll do yeah but so not even like so even on small tracks your you know your turns are so sharp and your arrow push you know your arrow push is more uh noticeable there so you, you can't ride behind but for so long you know if you do you don't want to be so close because you're going to run out of your right front um so i mean it works the same way you know um it's just not draft heavy so like you said you want to be out front and get the lead because you know most small tracks that have you know really have any small track that, you know, creates good bite is hard to make passes once you get up to speed and, you know, get leveled out because you get so, so aerotight because the yeah. corner so have so much to work with. It's, uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's yeah. like, like at Batesville and Williamson. So if you kind of just kind of be flat out faster than someone, you know, coming out of the corner, setting them up, you know, bagging off, trying to pass them out of the corner. So you, those kind of tracks, you kind of just have to be flat out faster. That's right. Yeah. Um, Mostly, you know, anything like that, you definitely want to be in the lead. Um, when you get those intermediate tracks, you know, most of the time, you know, it's better to be the lead. But and a lot of people, they, you know, at Nationals the other week, I heard the drivers. I didn't race, but heard drivers complaining. It was drafty. Well, you can't race. Well, I mean, it's it's just different. I feel like that's good. I, I love being able to go to some places and build a draft. And you go somewhere else where it's, you know, sharp and you got to handle or you know, somewhere like Triple T, it's all combining together, and you better be able to hold on and stay in the seat and not fall at the seat. I like the variance of tracks. I, and I got love drafting. I mean, I think it's fun to be able to go to track and draft sometimes. And it's unfortunate they don't win, and, you know, it's just sad that they uh, 
talk that way when I don't feel like they really feel that way, you know, the day after. Yeah. It's yeah. just emotions from not winning and they feel like they got stolen from them because it was a drafting issue. Well, it's just racing. Yeah. And I've seen that too. And some of the things they were talking about was it's so hard to pass. You know, is that something that you do see or, or you think it, it, it really is just kind of setting your, you got to set yourself up right. Yeah, yeah, it's real hard to pass, you know, and that track's real drafty, and then it's a uh, real single groove. So if you can, if you got the lead and you got a cart that'll turn, you can hold the bottom line. It's real hard to pass, especially they stick those turtles out, and you're gonna jump turtles. Ooh, yeah, you just go fly. Yeah. I, I saw a couple, a couple people. I mean, they, they get pulled it off a couple times, and then there was a wreck or two. But it's uh, I don't know. It's just challenging, and it's hard. But that's you know. That's, that's part of it. That's yeah. why I do it. Yeah, I, I I do like going to different racetracks and not being this. That's kind of why I. Uh, <clears throat> that's kind of why. I, I wish we had, like, I I would like a drafty track, a, a go kart track, not a car track in Louisiana. Um, just to change it up a little bit because we have a lot of bull rings, we have a lot of single lane stuff where, uh, it's just not where you can draft. But uh, I I would like to change it up a little bit. You know, like like when we go to Talladega, when we go to Beaver Creek and stuff, it's 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 refreshing, kind of. Yeah, have you guys heard of the uh, one seventy eight? That know? looks wild. That yeah. looks extremely wild. <laughs> that racetrack is wild. Isn't that really banked, really big one? Yeah, yeah. It's you know, it's it's super drafty, and it's sketchy. It's scary. It's scary. <laughs> it looks sketchy as hell. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one with no runoff, ain't it? Uh, yeah, there's, I mean, there's, no, there's a fence. There's a fence, yeah. Well, yeah, no, yeah, but, like, there's, like, no runoff. Like, you, you, got like, you come off the track and, wham, there's the fence. You got, like, a foot from, from the top of the, the top yeah. of the to the fence. That's just the front stretch for a small area. Yeah. Other than that, I think there's probably at least 15 or 20 foot. Uh, But I mean, it's very banked, so if you run off, you know, bad, you're going to launch into the fence. Uh, hey, I will say I'd take that over Causeyville. Where it's flat, and if you didn't hold it coming off a of two, you went down the hill. <laughs> there, I never, I don't know Causeyville. What's Causeyville? Out in Mississippi, it's uh about an hour east of Meridian, and it was on top of a hill and yeah, quite super flat. And if you if you came off of turn two and slid up too far, you went down the hill. And at the bottom of the hill was the motor grader and pine trees. And you had to drive from the bottom of the hill all the way around and come up out of turn four. So if you pretty if you went off, your race was over. Race, practice, qualifying, anything, you were done. Hey, uh, you might have heard they had the uh, Max Daddy one year over there, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I've always heard of that track. Yeah. You know, yeah. Heard it doesn't exist anymore. It closed down. Ask Carson about it. Yeah, he'll tell you about it. Uh, <laughs> so, so what are you saying about one seventy eight? Real drafty. It, it is, but it's so difficult to pass, and like you know, it's so sketchy on that much banking on a cart going that fast when it runs that much left, and you get on the inside of you like your car wants to spin out, you know, left rear heavy, you know. To the, so, it's fun. It's the funnest track I've ever driven on. Really, but. The sketchiest track, also, I, I, it's, I, it's, it's, I don't know, it, it'll make you realize that, like, 
uh, it's probably not safe to pass or you know, <laughs> <laughs> I do something stupid. Yeah, don't don't just ram somebody going yeah. into the turn because they could fly out of the racetrack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's the feeling I get, anyways. And I hope everyone else would feel the same way. Uh, yeah, I love it though. It was it's fun. So yeah. speaking of all the prestigious races you won, um, the racing you done with with MC. And all that kind of stuff. What what did it feel like? How was it driving those carts and and some of the most prestigious carts in the country? Uh, dude, it's it's awesome. I I, I love it. Um, I love it because it's competitive, and I'm one I don't I don't hardly ever like uh kind of sit back and think about the past. I'm always worried about the next weekend. Mm-hmm. So, but all these people, you know, I hear people talk and they tell me and they say these things and, you know, it, that's what keeps me driving, gets me going. Like, I, I love driving these carts and being in a situation. Um, even the ones, you know, I went out and you know, destro- destroyed them, you know, hands down. <laughs> <laughs> won the race or like the Wayne Pool, you know, won last year. I, I probably didn't have the cart to win that race, but uh I just felt like even before I, I, I went out, you know, sat in the seat, like I wanted to win that race so bad. And I was in the opportunity, had the chance in the perfect situation, almost messed up, uh, still won. Um, just all those things. I, I love it all. I mean, it's just, it's, it still get, keeps me going today. Um, I don't know. There's been times, you know, in my career, I've kind of been like bored out, not bored out. Sometimes I was, out. I was a kid and I had a lot of friends that what the hell, what'd y'all do? What'd y'all do this weekend? What'd y'all do? What'd y'all do? And I was like, I, I race, I race. Oh, I went racing. Yeah. You know? mm. Oh, I went yeah, to the no, beach. I went fishing. I went hunting and all those other stuff. No, I just went race 50 times a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a little distraction and stuff in the end, but like I wouldn't give anything for it. Uh, I love every memory, every feeling I've ever gotten. It's just, I, um, I just, I don't know. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of crazy. You just love it. In that situation all the time, and it's just, it's what I, it's what I do it for. I, I just, I love what I do. Yeah, and you, so, and what would be kind of like uh, super pressure situations, but the races that you've been in, the races you've won, you know, it's kind of, <clears throat> it's just like another day in the office, kind of. You still got to work hard, and, uh, but you kind of like those times where you got to perform. Like, you like performing. Yeah, yeah, for sure, and, you know, Matt and I are both honest and he'll be honest if he, if I go out and I win and he feels like the car shouldn't have won, you know, he's, he's going to let me know that I, I did a very good job and we shouldn't have won that race, you know, and all those things combined versus when I go out and it was dominant and I'm like, hell, that was, that was fun. That was a fun ride. You know? <laughs> uh, there's a good times. Everybody I've ever met with him red and it's all just, it's real good working with him because we both, you know, we're both there to do our job. When you do your job and you're going to get the outcome you want most of the time. Definitely. Absolutely. So I, I want to bring it back to a race that happened a few years ago, uh, maybe a year or two ago. We talked about it when we uh, interviewed Frank for the outdoor, but that buggy race where you got sent to the back and you drove all the way to the front. <laughs> that was one of the most impressive. You passed like three carts on the outside and, Coming off a of four, that was so insane, dude. That was over there yeah. at Liberty. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, Liberty. That's 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 Matt's honey hole. There, you go there. You're guaranteed to be the fastest one on the track. Um, yeah. yeah, we had a good cart, and I got into some contact. Ended up spinning out. I was kind of angry, so I guess that's why I was probably driving the way I was driving. But uh, yeah, that thing was fast, and Liberty is a big momentum track. It's kind of drafty. You can get in a champ cart. You work it right. You can pass three of them on the outside sometimes. <laughs> and they. Don't- yeah, that was a really that was a really cool race to watch. It, it was it was it was it was more badass than cool, really. Because I mean, his little thumbnail was like dirty dirty money from the back to the front or something like that, and I was not expecting that outside pass. I was like, holy shit! Like I kept replaying <laughs> it. I was like, holy shit, that's crazy. Because that doesn't really happen much, you know. You don't see outside passes. Yeah. So there, there's so there's like been some other times that carts like that like a 250 lap race we had at fast tracks mm-hmm. the pit stops we okay. ended up getting i ended up getting penalized i didn't actually win the race i won the race but they penalized me on last for someone a kid had touched the pedal when he wasn't supposed to under a red flag or something but i technically won by like two or three laps oh. um yeah it's sometimes what? It's so what I mean, how stiff of a penalty were you talking? Like disqualification or what? Oh, it was like two or three laps. Oh, oh okay. just enough to get just just enough enough. To like I mean, you know, when you say I won, I'm thinking, okay, probably won by like 10 seconds and they gave you a one lap penalty. No, you win by two, three laps and they give you a two to three lap penalty, like fucking unheard of. I'm gonna go ahead and take that lead away you had. <laughs> right. I'm gonna make it non existent. So I remember, and there were like multiple times I've had like so fast of carts riding with Matt. Like, like some of the most compared to like the other carts, it's just kind of crazy. The few times, you know, it's when it hits just right, it's crazy. I remember uh, it was a Max Daddy, probably 2019, 18 at Kenley. Uh, I was on the way to the grid for, and I was literally sitting my cart down, and they let my group go out. And they ended up not letting me qualify. So I had to run the Concy. I started lasting the Concy, won the Concy, stayed on the track, started whatever, 21st or whatever it was. Uh, everyone came out, 50 lap race, got out there, took the lead from 21st, took the lead with like five to go. And I ended up having a bad corner and got passed back by Jamie and off. And upset. Damn. Uh, Damn. Impressive times like that. And, Little things that we've done and worked together to make the car that fast that day, or just that 250 lap race. I don't know what he had. That thing was fast. That was crazy. Uh, he uh, he does stuff differently and does it his own way. And yes, we work together. We win together. We lose together. That's the that's the best thing about, I guess, what we have. You know, um, we both. He's never you know mad at me. Maybe you know upset or disappointed at the outcome but never mad he knew i gave it my all and i know he gave it his all yeah it's um, not like you were just you're just being lazy in the go-kart or, you know, you're not blaming him like oh you put the wrong tires on we had the right tires in the trailer it's kind of like it's just together it's just a big team yeah so so if you had to pinpoint one i mean we talked about your three big wins that one year if you had to pinpoint one what is the most memorable win I'm honestly, it's so hard to pick one. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to honestly, my Max Eddie win the night before my wedding 
I remember that race. Yeah, it was at a, oh, what's the track with the tree in the middle of it? It's right here. It's 45 minutes. Yeah. 30 minutes. It's right here at home. Uh, that was probably kind of crazy. I was just, honestly, all of this stuff's crazy, but the timing yeah. of the, able to race the day before my wedding and winning uh, that. But other, but if I had to pick the three, I'm going to have to go with the 20,000, the first one. Um I've always wanted to be like that dude, you know, I, I grew up, there was no semi-pro, uh, there was nothing of that. I, I grew up, you know, wanting to be like Jamie Knopf, Brett Miller, Ron Moon, Todd Miller, uh, Brad Sellers, like all those guys were like who I got to see win and what I wanted to be. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I forgot where I was at. Yeah. I, I uh, I know that, I, I watching Frank's video. I know that uh that Wayne Poole went meant a lot to you. So just you kind of want to talk about that one a little bit. Uh yeah, that one did. Like that's one I've been trying to win, you know, for a while, along with like a couple other ones. So like I said, uh I don't know, it's almost like I knew I was like gonna win that race. That one uh definitely meant a lot to me. There's only a few other ones like the World 100, Big O, they giving me trouble, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's some some tough races to win though. I know I know Jasper is pretty tricky from what I've heard. And we're going in February, but it's uh I hear it's a really tricky track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard. It's hard to win uh, unless you're Tony Gaylord. Tony Gaylord. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. He's he's got a he's got a few of them. I've tried to win that race, you know, so many times. And we had that one Onox race there. It was a 100-lap race, pretty much the same race, but paid more. And I, luckily, I won that one. I wouldn't trade it, but uh, I still want to win the 100. So Yeah, definitely. It's kind of one of them crown jewels of our sport. You just want to check off, you know. Yeah, I just want my name on the T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's, that, yeah. <laughs> So, so Shay, you know, transitioning slightly away from, from you in the seat, you know, of course we know that you took over Shay's racing products. When did it officially happen? And what was the discussion like when you took it over? Um, you know, it's working with families hard. So, you know, my dad always ran the business and I worked and I was able to race. So that was, that was, uh, very good. Um, I guess it just, I was always pushing to have an online store and a website and promote it like that way. And they didn't want to, and they didn't like believe in like really pushing it to be that big or, you know, trying to get any more out of it. And that's what I wanted to do. And I guess it's finally, you know, I was old enough and my parents believed in me and I showed them I was, you know, trustworthy enough to start and, we're from there and we're here. Yeah. And that was, that was a couple of years ago, huh? Yeah. It's 21. 21. Yeah. Or, the, the, this, the convenience of, uh, you know, having the store, just going on there, ordering yourself or it's, it's, uh, y'all have, y'all have shirts and hoodies and stuff. Now there's so much available to it that you can just do it from your phone instead of calling somebody up and doing that. Yeah. There's so many people like out there. I feel like that, don't know unless it's put right in front of them, you know? Um, so ever since Frank, 
you know, Frank's Outdoor Life, they started the video. That I love what they do and I love what they got for their sport. Um, I love stuff like that. You remember Car Sport Media? Oh, yeah. 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 The whole thing, I don't really know if like the rankings was correct or true. I'm not getting into all that, but I like like the feedback and the interaction between people and people like willing, like looking to see it. I feel like stuff like that's kind of like what we need to uh, kind of like bring it together, you know? Yeah, I, I definitely like, uh, you know, the, the pictures y'all do, y'all can get of it uh that y'all you can click on a body color and you can just see each body with a picture if the if the picture is available i do like that that's really cool yeah. what mean what i ain't doing nothing to you go on <laughs> that mr doug <laughs> yeah, that's you don't want this he's out out there screaming like a girl he's dying to come get in the picture <laughs> <laughs> Well, I just brought him one, dude. <laughs> uh, I forgot what we were talking about. It's okay, it's okay. We're gonna we're gonna move on to the next one. So, actually, kind of bringing Doug in after he just came in, but um, you know, what what's the day to day life for the shop? You know, with you, Carson, Doug, Colin, Morgan, all y'all over there. What's kind of like day to day for that? Well, the mornings can be rough. Uh, <laughs> that's, uh, wrong side of the bed wake you sometimes but you know other than that we're all good they all do their, their job they all have the qualities you know it's all struggle you know we we're all friends before i guess we worked together and then we were both working for my dad before you know i guess they work for me now it's kind of hard sometimes but it's all good and we all see each other out of eye and we have a good time and we get stuff done um you know, they all, everyone does all their jobs good. It's not, except Doug. Doug's, <laughs> Doug, Doug, Doug's truck breaks down every time he starts to start <laughs> I swear I've seen on Snapchat, Snapchat more his truck breaks down than anyone else's. It throws those belts and everything. It's just. <laughs> Man, he rides on with a belt tool and spare belts. Like, I mean, he knows. <laughs> yeah, he got that, got, he got the new truck and it threw a belt again. <laughs> it was funny as I pulled the shop this morning and Doug's got this uh work truck his dad uses for uh, oversized loads and that's what he used to haul his trailer for a while I pull in into the shop and there's a truck that truck hooked to a trailer and they're loading another truck onto that trailer <laughs> and hey this man then let someone borrow the only truck he has that's got him place to place. <laughs> someone all another truck. Well, it was his dad. That's Walt. That's a legend, man. Kurt Burris said he used to strap his helmet on at 8 30 in the morning and take it off at 6 o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, man. So when it comes to putting together ideas for uh, a new seat or a new body, how does that process start? Uh, well, the seat ideas, uh, you know, the newest one just came from, I got like a bad like spot on my back. It's like been killing me. It was the seat I made to pretty much just put me a little more comfortable in the car and get me lower. Uh, main thing, just make 
comfortable for me. Um, but I don't know the ideas and stuff. I just come from uh, just thoughts or views, like looking at cars or any race cars or anything and characteristics they might change or do just taking them in and noticing it and maybe incorporating anything we have or we can do on our yeah. product. I've talked to Shane Huffman a little bit back when, you know, landing race with us. Uh, he's been in wind tunnels before a little bit and share with me things that help what they had in there, you know, things that they use and what helped them. And I just found ways to maybe add them to what I'm working on. Uh, that's about where all those come from. Um, so would you say it more comes from R and D or, or testing, or does it come more from, like you said, you'll see something and then you'll try to do it, or maybe you'll go looking for something. Uh, I guess I much will see something to see a look and then have a look and build a look, but then I'll incorporate things or ideas that, uh Shane's share with me or things I've used in the past when I tested mm -hmm. with Daryl. Uh none of us have been in a wind tunnel with a cart. So yeah. Oh, just anything Shane can share with me that's been in a wind tunnel with a race car and things that help that car, I feel like I can add those qualities to a cart body and I guess get similar results. Yeah. 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 Because it's a good uh tool to have in your arsenal yeah because you know like you talked about earlier the arrow push and stuff like that it's it's very prevalent and it's a big thing and to try and get it as minimal as possible is huge yeah i mean it's it's gonna happen um there's no way around i guess having it not happen at all i guess you want to minimize it as much as possible but the best thing for it is just having the best cart you can have a cart that's good and cart is perfect you're not hardly going to push or have any arrow push um, no matter which body you run. So um, the arrow push, I feel like, you know, how bad it is or if there's any at all just comes from how good the car really is and the tires really. Yeah. Didn't, didn't you make a body a long time ago and it kind of had like that golf ball dimple on the nose? Was was that Chavis? Yeah. 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 It was, it was like yeah. off the left. I had front. one of them. Yeah. I had one of those. I remember that. That was something my dad made. It had, uh, I think, six holes right around the left front, and then it, it all. Uh, he had one that had a, like a, a air duct, like a, a recessed part in the bottom of the nose. Yeah, and I do remember that. So, what is it like getting the molds made, and how much testing goes into the new bodies before they're released to the general public? So. Pretty much not a lot of testing. Uh, I try not, I mean, I've only built one body, a lot of different, like far off of what I've already had. Most of my bodies are just uh, mod, like a little bit changes to a previous body. Um, so if I can go out and run it, you know, a couple of times and notice that there's nothing affecting it to make it worse, then there's no reason to, I don't know, I feel like not sell it or not put it for sale. Uh, if I feel like it, you know, there's something that's holding it back or making it not as good as what I already had. And of course, but uh, I've never found that out. You know, each body, I feel like has its certain qualities or maybe driving characteristics. It might help or change, but I don't feel like there's not one that's faster or slower than the other one. I, I really do like that new slipstream. It, it kind of goes a little a little like closer to the motor i, I like that it, it, it just looks sleek i, I don't know what about it. I, I was looking at today in the shop and i just i really like it 
the Skyline Plus. Or oh yeah, Skyline Plus. Yeah, I'm sorry, the Skyline Plus. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some people like it. Some people don't. Uh, I've had like even uh, uh, dealers. You know, his son loves the new body and he hates it and he hates it. So he has to run it because his son likes it. Uh, some people like it. Some people hate it. Uh, that's why we got different ones. Yeah. And I do, know, I, all I, of them, all of them win, you know, I mean, I'll run the new one. Uh, there's a lot of people that run the slipstream. Uh, more people run the skyline one than any of them. They all win. So they're all proving that they can win. I don't think anyone's either faster than the other, but they might have a little bit of driving characteristics different. Yeah. Have you, I know this isn't in our questions or anything. Have you ever thought about kind of experimenting with the seat pan and that, that airflow little thing in the back? Try something new, like Doug has. <laughs> uh, the the rear floor pan. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's what I've been working on. Uh, yeah, like recently, seeing the new the new Cup cars. Honestly, going to Bristol, seeing them in person, just seeing how the rear pan, and I just seeing other cars on. I just wanted to build something that kind of looked like that because I thought it looked cool and see how it worked. Uh, me and Carson rode on Monday after the Nationals and had a feel for it. Uh, first week I rode it was this week. Um, only one one race, but I only got passed in one one race. Uh, so I didn't get passed in any race besides the race I started pulling. Yeah. Which, and then it's kind of crazy. I had two people tell me how bad the era push was behind me uh, coming to the scales, you know, before we loaded the carts. Really? So, I don't know if that was ironic or what, but it did happen. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Kind of breaking the air up a lot. You know, maybe that's a, maybe that's a new thing you got to look into, you know? Yeah. I feel like if I could have gotten to the lead, would have been good. Uh, it just was a little bit off in qualifying, not high enough up. Uh, then got gapped a little from people in front of us and couldn't get to the lead. And once you get there, you think cars a little big of a track as it is, you'd be kind of drafty, but if I couldn't really pull no draft. So, yeah. So, you know, bringing in just talking about that and testing new stuff. Yeah, I know you said testing a new body. There's really not much going into it. But what about the seat? I mean, with the comfort, the feel, the the shape of it, what what kind of goes into all that? And what would be, I guess, a favorite part about it all? Um, Really just the construction of any seat I've ever built myself personally was just for comfortability. Uh, like I said, I've, I got like a spot on my back. It's been killing me for years. And I built one that lightened up on that. Uh, not only, uh, if you're, I guess above probably 170 pounds, I feel like it's your benefit to get as low as you can, mm-hmm. uh, build a seat that I felt like got you as low as you can. Um, other than that, more about the construction of the seat, I guess how thick it is, um, really might matter more than anything. Um, certain manufacturers, you know, like them to be thin, certain like them thick. Uh, I've ran them each and every way. I don't really know or feel if there's really much difference there. Um, so kind of more of just like a personal preference thing. Yeah, I would say like whatever puts you the most comfortable, um, without, you know, sacrificing speed is the best, your best option. Yeah. You know, really just want to be comfortable. The best thing you can do is to be comfortable and drive without effort. That's what is that we like, especially drive for 
long periods of time, longer lap races or tracks with high bite, just being comfortable, not having to put no effort in in a driving or sitting there. Definitely get 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 a lazy boy build or something like that, you know. There he is. Sign me up. Shit. You can call him up. <laughs> <laughs> so transitioning away from you know your racing and now the the body shop the body in the seat shop um you know we've heard that you're you're hanging the helmet up from the every weekend type racing deal um due to wanting to get sawyer started in racing um when did that idea come about and was there any discussion with your wife to get in behind the wheel uh no i i don't plan on i really don't plan on uh stopping uh i say at least like two or three years but i mean i guess for the most part um whenever i started having kids that's when you know me and matt finally got back together again um that's what helped me you know i guess there's more than just i got a little girl and my wife has a dance studio and I got to be there for things for her. And sometimes I got to be home, but I'm not uh, getting out of the seat at all. Uh, may not race like every weekend so hard as like I have forever, but I'll yeah. still be out. Me and Sawyer will both be racing. At least till he gets to like junior one or two, I'm, I'm going to be in the seat. Uh, I feel like it's good for him. Not only like hear all the races I want or see videos, but to be at the track and, you know, once he's old enough, he's still a little young, not mature enough now yet. He's just turned five, so he's not mature enough yet to, like, really know what winning or first place really is, you know. And I want to take it slow, and I want to be there to uh, hopefully one day we'll both be in victory lane and get pictures together same day. Um, yeah. But uh, what was you asking my wife about uh, wife and him in the seat? That's crazy you asked about that because he took a gnarly crash this week. Like, Wait, uh, really? Uh-oh. Uh, really? <laughs> I was scared me to death. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. And then, you know, we've been only pushing him as easy as I can. You know, I, I, he's, he's so young, but he's out there racing kids that are already eight or pretty much eight, seven, eight years old for a kid that's five. It's kind of hard to compete, really. And uh, he's out there doing good. And a kid spun across the track, and he swerved right. And it started sliding, and it just took off and right into the flag stand uh, under the flag stand at Carnesville GKK, and off oh, a dust in the nose in the air, and took off running and flipped over. He was trapped under it. Holy oh, shit! God, yeah, it's it's it was, just just in rookie red. Yeah, it was rookie red. Yeah, golly, that's crazy. So I'm assuming he was all right, that. right? But no, like you, you know what he was saying. What kind of either was getting to? He was kind of like you know sometimes you got you know. Obviously, it might have been a losing battle. You can have a boy, and you know, obviously, your race is such a hard racer. You gonna you can at least give him a shot at doing it. But if like you know, your wife had anything to say about it, you know? Oh yeah, I mean, it's crazy. You know, um, it's dangerous. You know, her family and they're all, everyone's always worried about them. You know, and it is. You know, we waited for this. You know, our whole life. You know, we got a little girl. She does dance, and they're gonna do dance, and Sawyer racing, and she hates being there. And I told her afterwards this this weekend, and she was so upset. She said, "Why didn't you tell me as soon as it happened?" I'm like, "Cause he was all right. He wasn't hurt. Like, <laughs> <laughs> if hurt, I would have called you and told you, but 
I just wasn't right at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, that'd be. Yeah. You did. So, uh, you know, talking, staying on Sartre is, uh, you know, how, how, where's his interest level at? Is this something you see him doing for a while? You know, I know you talked about when he gets into junior one, or is it still just kind of a, uh, gets to see his friends at the racetrack and hanging out? Dude, he's so young. He's definitely yeah. showed in it, man. It's, it's awesome. Um, it's kind of, he's just now realizing, you know, they always give him a trophy in Ricky Red, like mm -hmm. all of, so, this week was the first week he, you know, come off and I was taking his helmet off and he saw some kids taking a picture and he asked Eddie, why are they? And I said, because they were top three. And I saw in his face, he was like so upset, almost cried. But, <laughs> Ain't no way I'm not getting my trophy. The fire is lighting. Yeah. That, yeah that's that's awesome. Cool. You know, that's what it takes. Like seeing him, his hurt said, like almost cry, but I can see it in his <laughs> eyes. This is what, you know, my mom's always been like the, driver you know, even for me like she was always like the one to push they like you can do you can do better like what did you learn and so she asked him last week because we're like why aren't you going faster why don't you go faster and he got a trophy and it was all we could do not to say and he, he saw it and saw it in his eyes he was like i want to be the one taking the picture i was like it don't work that way yes it's, it's so, all starting to click now yeah stuff like that like seeing that moment it's Things that are like awesome just to see you try to kind of tell it to him and you don't really get it. And then it's like, almost like, oh, yeah. <laughs> he kind of surprises you with like, oh, he's, he's been listening, you know, he, 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 that fire has kind of kicked in. It's, it's, it's better than just them coming, oh, well, I lost. And like, no, like, I want to win. Like, it's like, I want to be in the, you know, I want to be the light, shining the light on me. Like, let's, let's make it happen, dad. Dude, yeah, he, he's so good because, uh, I mean, I got a couple of videos on YouTube and stuff of, like, my crashes. So when he was younger, I used to, like, play it. Some of it was, like, TikTok clips where they had, like, a the background music or the sound or whatever, and he would mm -hmm. laugh. And, you know, just little things like that. It's just... <laughs> I don't know if you ever saw it, but show him the Hunter Town, Hunter's Town wreck in, like, I think it was, like, 2013. I think Joe Carter video put it out. That one, that one was <laughs> rough. Yeah, that was that's like one of his favorite ones because it doesn't close, <laughs> just close down every time, you know. <laughs> I don't think like, I've ever seen that. What's that? I don't think I've ever seen that. They they ran double file like twenty deep for like three laps, and Shay actually got out of the groove and smoked the wall heavily. So the track was like aggressive banking, and the groove was like right at the bottom of the banking. So anytime you tried to pass low, you couldn't pull a pass off. So I was kind of aggravated and I was like, I'm going to go out there and I'm just trying to pass everybody on the outside and try to, I made it like one lap. <laughs> lap two, didn't make it. Yeah. It was an a a animal race, I think, which was even faster than you got flatheads. Tires, you can hold it on the outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the thing like you asked about Sawyer, he's been around it so much and growing up like as a baby. Like I never have been had to like, <laughs> like, slow down or where to slow down or like not to like there's a couple of times there's a couple of tracks he ran into a kid but he's been good about you know most kids are hard to even know when to slow down or where to go off the track or where the groove is or where to drive on the track like i feel like he's seen it so much and so accustomed to him uh 
it's there. It's just a matter of time when it clicks and he realizes reality. Like you're out there competing, not out there making laps and everybody gets a trophy. You know, it's just you got to take it easy, take it slow as you can. Because the worst thing you could do is push them too hard. And I was so terrified after this wreck. I was like, man, did I have him out here too early trying to go too fast? Because I had him within a half a second of the kids that are eight. And I feel like I want to track that, you know, that size going the speed he was. Uh, Pretty good for a, a kid that just turned five. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, will he carry the house number 86, or does he have any interest in other numbers? Uh, we, I mean, I don't think that's ever been a, like a question or anything. He's always been one of the 86, um, maybe 811 one day. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey got to follow. Yeah. No, go ahead. That's just not a bad number to have. No, not at all. Which one? Eight, well, both, really. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody wants to be the 811. Oh, yeah. That's that's it. That's what I hear. Oh, you don't, Doug? <laughs> he, says, he says, I like the number three. I like that's the number a, three. That's a damn lie. <laughs> hey, Doug, Doug got the opportunity one time in an amateur class. And I want to be the 811. We ended up. Right. <laughs> Oh hell yeah, man! Oh man! When so, I know I'm good, eleven. That's when I know I'm good. That's good. You probably fucking track. Fuck you. That's awesome. What are your plans for 2024 for his racing? And um, well, I know you already said you were gonna pretty much stay in the seat as much as you could, but uh, any events that you have in mind right now, off the top of your head, for yourself uh, with him there? 24? Yeah, next year. Yeah, probably nothing like this year. I'm not going to uh, South Dakota. I don't plan on going. I went to South Dakota this year. Um, no, we're going to race probably more this year than last year because he was only four last year. So, he'll be five. This is his first. He just turned five uh, in August. So, this will be his first year of being five. So, this is when we start. We're going to be going more than ever just to get yeah. him this track. As long as he wants to, you know, I'm not going to push him to do it if he don't want, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. We got basic. So, <laughs> you know, whenever you and I were talking and we were getting the pictures, I was getting the pictures from you for the episode covers and the guest announcement and everything, you know, you sent pictures of you and Sawyer walking on the track and then, you, you know, the, the picture of you – um, when your victory lap with the Maxis checkered flag with, with Sawyer sitting in your lap, what's been the most memorable experience um, with Sawyer at the racetrack with you so far? Uh, honestly, probably we went to Bristol, uh, was it a couple months ago, last month? September, the night race. Yeah, we went to Bristol. And, like, that was probably – the best thing I've done with him as far as at a racetrack, like seeing him like walk, we walk the track and just, he don't really know what's going on, but like he was so into it and that was great. But other than that, um, when I made those victory laps that, uh, at the nationals like, three years ago, um, I won the first race, the regular heavy race and Shane Barrett, uh, said, how about, you let your little boy ride. And I was like, I don't know if that's a good idea. And I did my victory lap. When I came back around, I gave him the checker flag. I said, 
if I win this next race, we're going to ride around the track with him. And I remember riding that race. It was a drafty track. I think I was sitting, trying to ride second or third. I got passed. Fell back to probably like seventh or so. And I worked my way up just perfect. I made the, on the last turn, last three or four, come off the wind, pulled over there and got him and got my lap, made the victory lap. It was That's just cool. like another one of those times. I just like, I feel like I was kind of, I wanted it more just because I wanted that. I wanted to do that. It was yeah. like, I'm thing. <laughs> That's cool. That's really cool. That's a moment you can't even really pay for. You know, he'll never forget that and you'll never forget that. So it's uh, definitely some cool, cool story right there. But um, we do a little rapid fire, five questions, and uh, it's kind of an either or and uh, you you pick. So uh, the first one is uh, wakeboarding or kneeboarding? Wakeboard. Wakeboard. Indoor or outdoor? Outdoor. Clone or animal? Animal. Leather jacket or racing suit? Race suit. Race suit. And then high side or low low side, a swoop body? High side. Yeah. Yeah, the swoops were a thing for a while. They kind of, I know some people kind of run them on the indoors now, but it's not very popular for to see them on the outdoor tracks. I still got a swoop, man. And me and, me and Matt, Matt loves to put them on for the indoor, so we'll have them on indoor, indoor season. Hell yeah. Um, man. So just w- with the amount of experience you got, the the races, the the traveling, the experience, and everything that you've kind of dealt with and racing as of now, what is something that you would like to see change about our sport of racing across the board? Uh, hold up, hold on, I wrote something down. On this one. I got, I got, I got to check this out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take your time, buddy. Uh, honestly, like, I wish there was more, as much as I hate to say, I wish it, I don't, I don't like they're like being like a, a tire rule. I wish it was like always an open tire rule mm-hmm. that other tire manufacturers could compete with each other and give like sponsorship opportunity, like for drivers and races, instead of just being one dominant, uh, tire or even like engines. I wish there was other like bridging straw, which was other people that build an engine, they could all manufacture it to where they built the same power. And, you know, you had other just companies like that, that were able to get into it and spend money in it. Um, yeah, I, I think it would make it really, like you say, make it really interesting. Like, okay, let's just take, you know, the, the, the three, you know, like the, the three popular ones right now is, uh, you know, we take Reaper, Maxis and Burris and like, okay, everyone, everyone, but Maxis will put up, Hey, if you went on a Maxis, it's another two fifty to the, the, the winnings you get or like Burris, anybody can put like incentives to anyone running their tire and winning, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You could get, you know, they would, you know, sponsor select drivers and all of them could sponsor the race, but then also give contingencies to win the race. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. If it was doable, you know, or even, you know, all of the above, just like motocross, you know, you got Honda cars, you got all these different, you know, brands uh, putting in, you know, to the same sport versus here. We, you know, we kind of all stuck to one as far as when it comes to big manufacturers like that. Yeah. Like there's a way to run maybe a clone versus animal. You can run either one, but the power is almost identical. You know, just there you find ways to get money, you know, into 
what we do. Because, I mean, there's a lot of people that spend a lot of time and a lot of dedication to their life for what they get paid, you know, like Matt, you know, he spends a lot of time and stuff doing what he does to be good as he is. And, you know, the only way for, I feel like it to get as big or the way that I speak of is to like have big manufacturers be able to, you know, put into it and spread the, spread it out and have competition, you know, competition is the best thing for anything. Um, I don't know. Right. That's how you move the sport forward. You know, every, and it's not so much working to get it's working together, but like not so much as in like getting together and, you know. Yeah, a lot felt, of families and moms and dads and sons, you know, they, they do it. But there's there's not a lot of teams as far as like you got a guy that does this. You got a guy that does this. A guy that does this. And you come together and you all, you know, build together and build a team, you know. Um, but also it's not like that way because there's not enough money or people invested in it to supply people to that time, the time to do that type of stuff, you know? Yeah. yeah. But we have the technology and capability. Like we got microns that can tell you more than I can even use. <laughs> yeah. um, so until we get to a level where you can even use our technology and have enough money to have teams where you all focus on a point and bring it all together and make it better. I, I don't know. Because we're all in this together and we all want to just see the sport thrive, you know? So we kind of, we need to start, you know, and, and I, I don't mean it's in bad, but start acting like it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, there's good. There's a lot of good in it. And it's a lot, it's interesting, you know, good car racing is, uh, it's a hard thing to like tell someone about that knows nothing about it. Yes. It's the, it's yes. the hardest ever to explain or either introduce to someone that knows nothing about it. Mm -hmm. I have to usually pull out a video or my phone with a picture. It's always been like a pet peeve to me. Like even as like a young kid, like in school and like telling kids, like I say kids, friends back then, like a go-kart and that, Oh, that my four wheelers faster than your go-kart. And just, <laughs> it just, it just goes off and like some stuff like that. And like, they don't, it's hard to understand how much of a effort team effort it can be or can be and how, what kind of level it kind of actually operates on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and then don't and let back. somebody get started on, Oh, you're just sitting in a go-kart taking a left turn on a li little baby go-kart on a dirt track, taking a left turn. It's easy. Okay. Yeah. Come do it. Yeah. Or let's race, you know? Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a lap head start, but oh, it's the, I'll beat you at car ranch all day long. Yeah. That's what what I love the most about it, man. To be honest, it's so competitive. It's so hard. This yeah. is so the hardest thing I've ever did. I've like I played a lot of sports and like I'm pretty decent at a lot of them, but golf is extremely hard. It's probably the hardest thing ever. I rate I, I rate go kart racing. If you want to do it at a level that like I do it on, I, I guess it's just equally as hard. I mean, if you look at like the lap times that me chase and steven were running at carnival the last last weekend i mean we were all virtually running we're trading off a thousand seconds a lot i mean it's crazy how like critiqued it, it is and can be um but you, you like i said you can't be the guy that critiques at all you know matt mm -hmm. critiques his cars and he sees what i do driving i critique my driving like we don't we don't have to 
tell each other what's up. We we know like we're there to do a job. Like we both have the same goal: let's win. Like I, the day that I don't race no more is the day that I don't want to win anymore because yeah. I ain't gonna go out there if I don't want to win. Yeah, you're not gonna <laughs> tell him how to do tires, and he ain't gonna tell you how to drive. You know. Yeah. So whenever I don't want to win is when I want to race again or uh, stop racing. Gotcha. So you, you kind of touched on some the stuff you like to see change, but w- what's something you like about karting? Uh, definitely the friendships and like the lifelong people you meet, opportunities you get. I get. I mean, most. I mean, it's it's just honestly, I like it. It definitely kept me out of trouble when I was young. I feel like it's a good thing for families and kids, especially if you're interested in it. You know. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know, like I said, I raced every weekend when I was young. So, but I feel like it now being older, looking back at it, it's a very good thing. I I raced a lot. You know, I was interested in it, and it like I said, it kept me out of trouble, and it's it's a really good thing. Um, especially like, um, just bonding with families, meeting new people, cool people. I I got to spend more time with people at the racetrack that I do my own family. So it's, it's definitely a, a lifestyle. It's different. It's, uh, yeah, absolutely. it's hard for sure, but it's, uh, if you love it, it's, it's something you love and you should have fun and do anything you love. Definitely. Kind of like a job, you know, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. So. So it's until, you're, until you own it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So to close everything out, um, is there anyone specifically that you'd like to thank? I know it's probably a long list, but uh, definitely my mom and dad. Uh, they've been like supporters for me, always believed in me, and I feel like they wanted, they loved go kart racing just as much or more than I did, and they pushed me to be where I'm at today. Uh, I owe everything to them. Um, they definitely started it all. Um, my sister. Uh, if it wasn't for her, I would never probably graduated high school, much less college. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my wife, for being the amazing wife she is, always I'm always being gone. We're always traveling, crazy lifestyle. Um, Boomer, everything he's done, um, all of, I can't thank him enough. Uh, he put everything he had into me a long time ago, and it's worked out, and we've made a good team. Uh, Charger, Bully Clutches, Todd Miller, Racing Engines, uh, D Pascal for sure. All the time he spent with me, my dad, and all the times I looked at him on the racetrack and winning and just wanted to be like that. Um, pretty much everybody that never promoted Carton on the track and tried to push it and loved it and put anything they had into it. I don't think any about any of those guys. Um, and any any business in Carton, uh, small business, I, I love that about it. Um, it's a business that you know if you believe in something, and you're you're talented and you can do it. All you got to do is go out there and do it. You can make something of it. Definitely. <clears throat> but Shay, man, we uh we really appreciate. It. Like you said, you got a really busy schedule, especially trying to get ready for races and stuff like that, and owning the business, but uh. We really appreciate you coming, cut some time out and talking to us and, and, you know, show to the karting world, you know, who Shay is. Uh, so 
we really appreciate it, man. And, and good luck on any races that's got coming up soon, man. All right. I appreciate it. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate what you're doing. Uh, we got new shirts. Buy the new shirts. <clears throat> yeah. Go get the new shirts. <laughs> Those look good. We yeah. That's, I like the those shirts. We'll have the uh-huh. link. Hell yeah. Man, those things are, oh, those things are gas. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, I think yeah. I might get me one of those. Oh, yeah. We'll get but, you some. But thanks, Shay, man. We really appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you at a track one day. We'll, we'll see you at Batesville. Yeah, we'll see you at Batesville. We'll see you at Batesville. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll have a nice, I'll have a nice cold one waiting for you. Let's do it. Don't forget. <laughs> Don't forget. If he gotcha, does, I won't. Birthday week, sir. Let's get it. Heck yeah. All right. Thanks, man. Have a good one, man. All right. What a great interview, guys. Really enjoyed bringing Shay on. I mean, you know, how ironic that we, you know, we, we announced that he's the that Shea's Racing Products is the one of the new title sponsors of the podcast last week, and then we bring him on this week. So um, really great to catch up with Shea. I mean, of course, I'm sure we've all had conversations with him at some point at a racetrack, but for him to be able to come on and just have a sit-down conversation is is something that I, I really enjoy about this podcast. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's always a good time to uh, to sit down and talk some racing, and it's really cool to – some you know some people that you don't get to see a lot or, or really ever get to talk with because you know we're you know when you go to the, their kind of races it's really hard with uh, at high, that high level uh, it's really cool to sit down and and kind of bring their story to the podcast and and and, and you know distribute it like we do absolutely uh yeah I mean Shay Shay is one of the uh, more iconic drivers in our sport you know. <laughs> It's awesome to bring people on like that. Definitely. And we're definitely not done. No. Caliber. That high caliber of a driver. Yeah, we just don't want to, we just want to make sure that we keep it spaced out and we keep bringing good episodes. So, uh, you know, next week we're coming back home to, uh, to kind of, uh, you know, a Southeast guy that was a really big name. Uh, he doesn't, doesn't do it anymore, but he's one of, you know, one of my best Hootie. friends. Yeah, Hootie. Uh, one of Hootie. my best friends. And, I know all of our really good friends and, uh, you know, we're really excited to have Hunter Thibodeau on. And if you know him like that, Hootie, we're having Hootie on. So the, uh, the pain in my racing career was Hootie. <laughs> Love the hey, dude. Hey, but hey, but ain't you get that gumbo race. pot? Yeah, but that was, he, that was all his. He had that with race. One, it was on my he, tires he, too. He had it. He had it, but he lost it. Yeah, but. Racing against him every weekend, man, that was very, very hard. Made you better. Yeah. All I did was make you better. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But we're really excited to have him on, guys. Uh, thank you again for listening and all this support. Uh, we can't do it without y'all. And, uh, you know, good luck. Any races that y'all are going to this weekend, safe travels. We hope y'all get up there safe, home safe. Until next week, guys, we'll holler at y'all. Yeah, best of luck to take you, Alex. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, best of luck to you, Alex. You know, this weekend, uh, Dale Ward, Jacob, uh, ain't got Austin. no dog in him, Butler. Austin. Um, if he decides to go, Austin, of course. All you guys, best of luck at the LEK uh, Ike Indoor Classic. I think 
is what it's called. They, and they uh, fall classic. yeah, fog class. Um, is that gonna be a race monitor or my uh, race I'm pass? Not sure. or... I'm not sure. Okay, I'll let you well, know. definitely let me know because I'm sure it's not gonna be live streamed. So I'll be uh, I'll be going off the oh, off the good old timing app. Yep. But so. we'll catch y'all next week, guys. Later. Take it easy.